Hello, hello. Today is January 30th. I'm about to turn a new leaf to February 2023. Uh, and I'm here with David Chen. Hello. Recording my first podcast in my new apartment. And I guess our first podcast. Is this our first podcast of the year? First podcast of the year. Damn. But definitely not first conversation of the year. No, no. It's the <laughs> um, wow. Man, so this is, you know, we started this podcast in, is it 20, 2020, right? August 2020, September 2020? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. August 2020. Yeah. So this is our third calendar year of doing this podcast. That's... Whoa. Well, actually, no. Fourth calendar year. Hold up. I'm, I'm tripping because we had all of 2021, all of 2022, some of 2020, and some of 2023. So... Our fourth calendar year of doing this. That's actually pretty crazy. That is insanity. Because 2020, man, 2020, we were we were still fucking. That was 2020. At some point in 2020, we were still high school seniors. Dude, we were. Yeah, it was the it was the fall of 2020 that we started, but the spring. Of- I think your volume your volume might be a little low. Oh, a little low again. Oh, yeah, like look at your waveforms. Oh, what the heck? Yeah. Okay, I got it. Is there we go. Okay. Yeah, yeah now I hear you go. loud and clear. Okay. Okay. Um Yeah, no, I mean we're on our way to the longest podcast of all time. <laughs> is well, we that the goal? Like, I no, that, of course that is. Of course that is. I think yeah, Joe Rogan has beat for many, many years. So we're gonna have to wait for him to retire before we can even come close. Cause he started yeah. back in like oh seven, oh eight. Yeah. So, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> but i mean the, the only one who could beat us is if like there was a duo a teenage duo who started before us i doubt it i doubt they have the chemistry to be like because like most would be like okay we'll do this for two years and afterwards you know, things just move apart right people move yeah away, yeah you know stuff like that no this this seems rock solid but i think we have it, it, records are, are just a weird thing like i'm I'm thinking back to um that conversation we had with that like wandering artist in oh yeah gelato shop oh yeah and she was like obsessed with getting that record the record right for the she brought that up like five separate times the record and like meeting with like the mayor or some like councilman about it right and i'm like yeah i mean I, you of all people shouldn't care right like she oh as an I, artist she, I, yeah i'm like why do you even why is that something you want? Well, I think, I mean, I think if I remember, like, the reason why she started that whole calendar thing in the first place was she was, like, in freshman year of college, she was, like, she saw everyone else doing some cool shit and was, like, okay, I want my thing. And mm. she start, she just drew what she did that day or, like, what, what, was her highlight, what was her highlight of the day. So I feel like there's some, mm. like, level of, like, proving oneself in yeah. that project for her right and i think to this day 23 years later she's still holding that um which i guess i don't know i i don't know if i see like that for this podcast as much like for me what i'm most like most gratified about is the idea that i can 20 years down the line look back on this podcast and and witness the growth here literally here in the timbre of our voices how we've changed it as people because you know memoirs mm. and shit Oh, this is some big brain <clears throat> stuff. Memoirs? Hit me. They're written, they're written in one voice. They're written in memory. 
right? Someone who sits down and says, I'm going to write a memoir. Oh, right? wow, But imagine yeah. 20 years down the line, almost like, you know, those like one skin per day videos, but having like yeah. slow, like sentence by sentence, like, oh, we'll take this from September 2020, July 2021, and like build up a whole like self-portrait of voice throughout the years of the things that we talked about, the things that, that mattered. The podcast, that, that final episode or that summary episode might be hours and hours long, but you can literally hear how one's voice changes, how one speaks, wow. what they are talking about. That's actual growth, right? Like pictures are the best thing we have so far, so far to witness that, right? But, but voice is much more intimate. Yeah. So we would yeah. be creating something, we would be creating a genre of memoir that's never been tried before, ever. I guess so. That'd be so. pretty cool. That would be pretty goddamn cool. Yeah. yeah. It, and then, like, of course, the ultimate goal of getting the children on. I mean, that, yeah, that's dude, just... That, that would be that, a... Yeah. Oh, dude, man. So I'm looking out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of nice... Not a lot, a lot of nice like, trees out here. And they're blooming. This one right here. It's got yeah. flowers. For the first time. So I'm going to like keep an eye on this one and just watch it explode. Are you looking out over <sighs> your room's balcony or the living room's balcony? L- living room. Oh, uh, living room window. Oh, you're in the living room um, right now. Living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no Sophia today. She's out hanging out with a friend. Gosh. So, um, yeah. 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 No, I want to I wanna know first, I guess. You know, well, I guess uh, how's it going, Cal? But more specifically, how's your relationship with Sophia grown since... <laughs> I guess since I've met her, right? Yeah, I mean, when you were, I mean, we haven't even mentioned that like we had that experience oh, on the right. podcast. I guess, I guess for the but, record, <laughs> but but when we had that experience, that was also me bonding with Sophia for one of the f- real first times. Right. I mean, like that was like my fourth interaction with her, pretty much ever, when we were in that living room. So having her there was also sort of a scary idea for me, being in like the state I was. Um, but I think that just blew the top off. Like, like, I don't think any icebreaker could possibly break ice harder than like literally having to watch someone, uh, fight demons on LSD for (laughs) for 15 hours straight. Well, I'm curious curious for you. Do you think there's value? Like, do you see this as genuine value of like, like two strangers, both on LSD and getting to know each other in that state? Do you think that's. I, I think it worth it. I think that would be too stressful. I Ooh. do. I think I think you're too you're too raw. You're too sensitive. You need familiarity to to ground you in certain er- in certain areas of the trip. Like, did um, you hang out with Sophia before this? Like, in any capacity? N- no. Like, it was oh. all business, basically. We we never hung out for the sake of hanging out mm. before that. It was always like, let's sign this lease. Let's do this, and then we, and then we drink coffee and talk. But but there was always the implication that we were getting this room and apartment together Hmm. yeah so that was literally one of the first times we just like genuinely socialized Mm -hmm. um so it it really does feel like i again like when 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 life presents its serendipity to you you can't you you just have to look at it and just like fucking laugh right there's no explanation to it like we were i mean i was actively hoping that something like this wouldn't happen because obviously i wanted to be in control of the situation but ultimately it landed it like an even better flower bloomed that yeah. night that I could never have planned for. Yeah. And we're all the better for it. Like, that's just, man, when, that's wonder to me. Like, when life presents a story like that, when I, I heard recently, um, I talked with a grad student today talking about 
um, just the, the arbitrariness of life because she started her PhD the semester before COVID start, COVID hit in, um, hit. And for anthropology, I mean, COVID is the worst for anthropology because right? you literally <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get worse shit. than that. Yeah, yeah like if you're yeah. a statistician, I get it. Right? You can sit back your computer. But anthropology, you, there's nothing. So she's a G3, like she's a third-year PhD, even though this is her fifth year being at Harvard because there's literally been two empty years for her. And it's therefore been five years since she's been back home. Um, and so she says, like, you know, like life doesn't feed you. Like feed, life isn't fed to you in narrative form, right? Mm. Which makes so much sense. Life isn't fed to you as a story. It's like, I imagine like the chaos, like nebulous clouds of chaos being shoved past your eyes, your ears, your senses and then out behind you in your own mind in your own memory is like this clean little film roll of story that clearly that organizes the chaos in which life presents itself right um yeah and that's what that's what that night was you know it was all chaos it was all it was complete we were playing in beans 30 minutes before we met <laughs> Sophia. Yeah. yeah. Um, we literally left the apartment, no Sophia. We come back 30 minutes later and she's there. Sophia, exactly. And, and, and it's like, what? And suddenly we have this new presence in the room and... And neither of us oh, is sober. It, it, and it's so funny because like in a sober state of mind, so easy to navigate that situation. Like, easy. Yeah, you're just like, okay, I'll go in my room, you go in your room. But we, we couldn't let it go. Like she, she actually, for some time, she was like, oh, I'll go back into my room. And I was like, no, I want to talk to you. Yeah, no, no. Um, it would be weird to like know that you're in there and not with us. Like, yeah, yeah you can just like feel people through walls basically when you're on oh, LSD. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and and hey, like from there, like I've experimented with psychedelics with her twice now. Um, not including that. So two two shroom trips basically, right? Two shroom trips. No, I, I'm not touching LSD if it's not <laughs> with you, honestly. I'm really? Um, I, I don't really know anyone who, like, after experiencing what I experienced, I oh. have to be just extremely careful about who I'm around, really. Yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm glad you see it. Yeah. with yeah. I'm the same way. Um, yeah. I, my, my friend uh, Brian, who I do it with sometimes, um, he does it with other people. And I'm just like, damn, like, you can just, and people who, like, he doesn't know that much. And like, hmm, yeah. that's damn. That's a lot of. Tr- I don't think I could do that. But yeah, what were you? No, say? yeah, like I, I just I couldn't even do it with like some people I'm close with, like like Julius, Jaden, Taylor. No, I I don't think I could do LSD around them. Mm. Like, why is that? Like in those relationships, there is like subconscious strain. Um, like with you though, everything is spoken, and it's just so like we just have this beautiful foundation that we can just like lay on when we're when we're on it but i just know like i would i would ruminate about certain things with certain people and there's some things that are unspoken in those relationships and that would definitely bother me if i was in that state of mind Mm. oh yeah so it's like secrets there's secrets weigh a thousand times heavier on lsd i'll tell you that yes exactly and and if if someone especially like Jaden, where there's like yeah. low-key romantic yeah. implications if she tried oh. like pressing any of that on me i'd probably just fall apart yeah. so um but but yeah no shrooms have been a revelation yeah, man because i actually haven't had a shroom experience well i've had one where i went to like the arboretum but just i took a half a gram so like honestly i just felt my body felt a bit weird so i just got the somatic stuff so i want to hear what your thoughts dude are. no it is it is literally the best thing i've like put in my body for 
that that's considered a drug. Like it, it, uh-huh. it's finally something that I've like that resonates with me, and and, and in a very healthy way, in a very healthy way. Um, so like the first time I did it, Sophia comes out and she's like, "Do you want to do shrooms with me today?" I was like, oh, "I don't know." And then she pulls out this giant. It's just she has one giant shroom, just one giant <laughs> psychedelic shroom. And so we grind it and we put it in tea and we drink. And at first, dude, I'm like, fuck, like immediate sickness. Like, oh, yeah, I, I go to the bath. Definitely. Yeah. I'm in the bathroom just like about a yak. And I'm like, I got the water cranking hot, just like trying to stay calm, sweat. And and then it just goes away. Like the body just like you get past this rejection phase and then it's just acceptance. Yeah. Um. And, and dude, I've slipped into this euphoria and focus that was, it was like, really fucking nice i like and and we were just riffing like sophie and i just telling jokes humor was like a big thing um we went and got pastries and like i was able to interact with strangers like you normally don't it, not it, it, like on lsd that would have been impossible oh, oh right yeah 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 like so it was like it was cool that i could still like just be a part of the world you know I didn't feel like self-absorbed or like stuck in some sort of state. Mm, I was just just willing to go out and interact with people. Yeah. Um, and then we climbed up a hill, looked off. It was great. And then just uh, three days ago, yeah. did shrooms and we went up to a redwood forest and just had a great fucking time. Um, I, I have no complaints and I, I don't feel the need to do it again until I do, you know? Mm. It's just that's what i was a little worried about because it was very euphoric like 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 peaks of happiness um and i was like oh am i gonna rely on this no like i i probably don't need to do it for like another two weeks you know interesting and i see like so i i definitely can understand that perspective right because i honestly think and this is why this is why i think that there's there's a genius in shrooms and in psychedelic cactuses cacti that just makes sense because there's that initial phase of nausea which changes the entire dynamic of the drug experience like honestly what you feel on shrooms and and mescaline that the good part at least it's honestly very 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 close to heroin like i'm not gonna lie it's very close like (laughs) honestly yeah like from what i've read so far like at least the somatic experience that you get in terms of the lightness the cloudiness the 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 almost like everything must make you laugh um well actually yeah now that you mention it i I did vicodin once and it had this feeling in my stomach that was similar almost like um, this like sitting like euphoric sensation in my stomach yeah oh yeah yeah it's like a it's like it's like the feeling of like being in having a crush on someone yes exactly yes and i and i would like sit into it and it'd just be like oh that's nice incredible right yeah exactly because well euphoria is a good painkiller that's why vicodin was so effective Um, but so like, I think shrooms and mescaline, these sorts of things, if they did not have that initial nodule phase, it would be extraordinarily addictive. Yeah. It would be extraordinarily addictive, which I'm, I've always been afraid of for shrooms from, like from that perspective. But then again, I think from the shroom experience that I've heard, it, it, there is still a lot of like changes in thought process where it's still very cerebral, but it doesn't seem like you, you really went through that. No, um, which is good. In I some mean, sense. so yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, I did a lot of like you know contemplating, and and I really just like wanted to 
absorb like the feeling of just being in nature and being like yeah yeah realizing that like that's what's important like that's what the idea i really wanted to um internalize was like you get so caught up in like the things you deal with but when like when you're here it just doesn't matter does it you know yeah like when you're in this forest it just doesn't matter so i really like worked on on that but but i think for me with shrooms it's it's that that euphoria is something that you still have to search for you know, like with heroin, it's just directly just shot the into your brain. It, yeah. Shocked yeah. And it's brain. like, it's like, you don't have to try. You don't have to really put thought into it with shrooms. It, it's, it's something that you have to navigate and it can go wrong and it can slip away. And, um, but in, in, I think because it's just a search it, and in, in a journey, it's, it's less addictive, you know, it takes effort to get to those like revelations and in, in those states of euphoria for me, at least, um, but, but yeah, yeah, I heard you did ketamine, man. Yeah, well, I mean, just I've, recently. Yeah, I mean, ketamine. I think I, I've come to understand more, at least how it affects me. And I'm not taking like, because there's this common phenomenon where like, if you take enough ketamine, you can go into this thing called a K hole. Yes, which I know. I bet many people have done it. Right, who do it for like parties and shit, right? Um, yeah. Again, I disagree with that on on principle. Um, but apparently, like K holes is basically to a level where of complete dissociation, where you get to, yeah, I mean, it's just oh, it's just. Yeah, complete dissociation of your own self. So you, you, your entire ego, your default mode network, is just at a whole different level of perception. <laughs> um, I don't know what that experience is like. I'm not, I don't intend to do that anytime soon. What ketamine I think is so fucking useful, and I think that's the reason why it was one of the first drugs identified for like treatment-resistant depression, hmm. is that it empties your mind. It, it stills your heart. No, fuck that actually means that actually sounds really scary no it stills your soul fuck it just calms your mind right yeah like i don't yeah. know if you, about you but like i've realized after taking ketamine that when i walk almost always i have a song in my head like some sort of music going on uh, some yes, dialogue I've... right yeah 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 and then for this it's extraordinary if you just take 30 40 milligrams right not enough for you to just like whack out because technically it's a tranquilizer um but like you have the sudden lightness of the body your your head just becomes quiet there's literally no <laughs> thoughts right it's not saying that like oh you can't like fucking breathe or anything no it's like the the kind of the surface level thoughts of everyday contemplation rumination and just background noise fucking quiets and so the best thing you can do is just lie down no even better go for a walk any time of the day anywhere and you're in this complete state of meditation. I heard recently this beautiful quote by Simone Vale. Uh, it says, attention in its highest, purest form is a form of prayer. And when you're mm. in nature, in those shrooms, where I'm sure you feel it too, when you, it seems like you can hear the very sound of the trees whispering or of the ground yeah. slowly rumbling in its, in its daily growth and change like when you're that closely attentive to the, your surroundings that is prayer the etymology of prayer right isn't about asking god or because that's what we normally think of prayer right oh you ask god something no it means yeah. to be with ah uh, to be with god and so when you pray to anything for anything you ask you're asking to be with yeah and so that's why attention and that's ketamine allows you ketamine is is a prayer 
I guess if you really want to call it that, it can be called a prayer. Or not ketamine is a prayer. Ketamine enables one to pray more effectively. Mm. Um, and I think, like, I can imagine, like, a college campus, right? Like, uh, a ketamine group every every week meets once, um, 8 p.m., and says, okay, everyone, let's set our intentions of this week. What when ha- what happened? How are, you, how are you feeling? You know, just getting all that out. And then taking small doses of ketamine, and it lasts an hour and a half. It's a very short trip, an hour and a half, and you just meditate with everyone else. Still your mind. You know how you've always tried? Uh, you know how you like you can try to meditate and you just like you're constantly getting pulled away into a thought, right? Yeah, yeah. This it's like it's like someone gave you performance enhancing drugs for meditation. It's <laughs> so fucking easy to just empty your head and just yeah. Be. And you I remember I used this uh, I used this comparison before, but is remember what like I mentioned the post like sob your eyes out feeling? Oh. Yeah. Is, it, is, it, is it does that resonate with you? Is that similar? Yes, but without the kind of like you can almost for the post sob times, it's like you have a sense of emptiness in your heart. You know, like yeah, you, you do. You don't. You felt everything, and you're literally your emotions are recovering. Yeah. Here it's like it instead of just like crying it out, it puts it to bed, puts a blanket over it, <laughs> closes its eyes, and says, "Just rest for now." Yeah, yeah. All right. The other one is you threw it out the window. You cried it out of the window. Mm. Um, both reach the same goal, but in very different ways. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I, I would like to try it someday. It's just a lot of the like outlets of, of getting it are sketch. And, well, like, I was going to say ketamine is also the most laced drug out there. And we yeah, get ours from a very specific source. So Because yeah, it's a party yeah. drug, which is so fucking ironic. Because like what, the thing where I think is can facilitate meditation the most is also something that's really effective for parties. Because yes, when you empty your mind, you can just blindly go out and experience, I don't know, rays better, right? Yeah, it, yeah. It's the and escapism it, versus the intentionality that separates a lot of these drugs. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's. I guess that's what I've been so afraid of. Is like, am I doing these shrooms as a form of escapism? Mm. Am I doing these psychedelics as a form of escapism? And I remember I even called you all at some supermarket in Sausalito, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Is what we're doing just escaping from from suffering instead of accepting it?" Mm-hmm. Um, but you gave me a, a beautiful metaphor, you know, of mm-hmm. the solar system. Wait, so, what was the metaphor again? Uh, you explained it beautifully. Um, cause you said you talked to Sophie about it and you were like, how can you help people? Like if you don't have, Oh, Oh, self-love. Right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, that's, that's what I've been telling myself. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I, I'm good. Like yeah. I can hear, I, it too. I feel good. Yeah. I feel like we can both hear at this point since we've honestly, I've, I've had your voice as company more than I've actually had you in person as company. So I feel like I know your voice like very well now. Dude, um, it, yeah, it goes both ways. I'm guessing it goes, it goes both, both ways. ways, right? So, so yeah, yeah, I can yeah. normally tell. Like, And I can totally imagine many episodes down the line where we'll be like, hey, how's it going? And we'll go for like five minutes and I'll be like, Cal, it's probably not the best time, right? And you'd be like, yeah, probably not. Or like I'll, yeah. I, I'd be that and you'd ask like, Dave, this is, you're probably not feeling this, right? And I'm like, yeah, probably not. And we'll yeah. just move on, right? Um, I can, I can almost like 
un- feel your feelings vicariously through your voice at this point. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it definitely goes both ways. Um, and and it, I guess a thought that I've been thinking about, mm-hmm. um, and I talked to Sophie about it, and this is just about you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think, dude, like I, I saw you at your absolute like rawest state mm-hmm. of mind. Like I saw you like at your absolute like just shredded all the way down mm-hmm. into like just who you are. Mm-hmm. And like the whole time you were just just like pointing out beauty and like and just showing us beauty and i don't know that's just stuck with me you know like you you never once said anything that was problematic or bothersome or or like rooted in materialism like it was all just like trying to like just love the moment you know Mm -hmm. and like really love these like tiny beautiful things that are happening around us and and i was like at that moment like when i really came to that realization i'm like dude like you really are just like a good person to the absolute core mm. like you don't front like at all it's yeah so i'm just glad i got to see that on that experience you know yeah no i'm glad like, i mean yeah. uh, then again there, there were some um some caveats right because this is one of my first time doing it the first time i did it well, I guess I don't think I was like, because yeah, I was gonna say like, um, I wanted to say like the first time I I did psychedelics mescaline, right? I was just the same thing as you, like shrooms wise. I was just experiencing it all again, right? It's honestly yeah. like like exploring a whole another dimension of your mind. So like the first time you go into that dimension, all you can do is just feel, experience, be like, just whoa, this is the power of this place, right? I mean, that's what you felt too. You felt the power of it, the punch yeah. of consciousness. And then, like, the third time I did it, I was a lot more like, okay, I can use this to express myself. Yeah. Um, and and there you have it, right? Um, so, you know, I think your true self is not necessarily, like, revealed at your, you know, the first time you do it or the, even the second time. But once you are able, it's just like art, right? Once you're able to, once you're familiar with it enough to express yourself, then your true form can be revealed. And I think... Maybe not true form. True is always a relative term, but um, I think you did see me in my rawest form because I think that was the highest dose of LSD I've ever taken because I misdiagnosed both of us. <laughs> I thought it was 100, <laughs> not 200. So I took I took 350 then. Um, yeah. And you took 100. I mean, you were, you were fucking out there. Like, yeah. I'm sure you remember mostly everything. Right, which but... I wanted to ask for shrooms. Were you able to, like, take thoughts with you? Because that's what I hate about, like being drunk for instance just don't remember shit no yeah no it, i remember everything vividly wow um vividly yeah I, I can recite almost every moment that occurred on the both times i took shrooms yeah. all the way through and i'm never taking enough i haven't even seen visuals on shrooms mm, I haven't even taken enough to see visuals but i take enough to just like slip into the state where i just like oh i just want to like I mean, I, I was going to use Evangelion as a metaphor. Do it. But, but it's just like turning off the AT fields, you know? Interesting. Okay, like, I'm going to keep like, that in mind when I watch it. <laughs> because it's just, ah, oh, it's those those physical and, and emotional barriers that I just like have on all the time from, that have just been developed throughout my entire life. And shrooms just helps me slip into a state. Like, like I, I literally didn't fix my hair once the Ooh. whole time I was on shrooms. 
And, and that's something that I do every 30 seconds when I'm sober. Right. That's something I dedicate at least 30 minutes to a day looking into the mirror. And I just left the house literally looking disheveled and deranged. And it just didn't matter. Mm. You know, it just didn't matter. And, and like, that's the state I love slipping into. And, and, and when I can learn from myself oh when my I'm God. in that state, like, oh. that's, that's me taking lessons with me, you know? Jesus, man, you yeah. make me emotional. I'm so glad. This is... <laughs> yeah. So, so I've been able to 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 confront self conscious self consciousness a lot better on shrooms than I was with LSD. Mm. Um, but I think once I you know slip into L- uh, that state again with LSD, I'll be a lot more um, capable of handling it. You know. Right. right. Um, but shrooms, it's like I st- I'm still confident. LSD. It humbles. Oh, you. It, oh yeah. It it humbled the shit out of me. <laughs> It, it dude for three days like the world was gray i just like wore sunglasses and like like looked at my feet on the ground when i walked around damn like, okay that's and, and, yeah and chris chris would come to the store and he looked the first thing he said he's like dude like he walked into the store he's like are you okay mm. like, he just immediately asked me if i was okay he, he could just tell i was sapped you know so yeah was it was did it feel sad depressed what did did, did it feel like those similar times before i was i was depressed um i I was literally eating food at an indian restaurant like the next morning Mm -hmm. um and i was like so excited to eat because i hadn't eaten since 11 a.m the day before (laughs) so i went like over 24 hours without eating on lsd and um i i took two bites of the food just immediately lost my appetite and then just uncontrollable sobbing in the restaurant and i just like put i just put my head in my in my hands and, and just like sobbed into my hands for like literally 20 minutes and i just thought about like i just wanted to be with my mom and dad yeah. <laughs> so it, it beat me down to like where's mama type shit yeah wow yeah um so yeah i mean it was an ass whooping that i kind of needed mm. uh but but i think it's time that i can now like it's almost like i've earned my spot to, to really explore now Damn. like you have to go through that you have yeah. to go through that um yeah but i am kind of like worried like am i just the further and further away i get from this experience the more i'm just romanticizing it because like i mean it doesn't sound like you're romanticizing i mean you still okay fine i mean no i mean what's the fear of romanticizing it like you'll go back and be like oh this is not what i expected or well it's just like dude like i just didn't i wasn't a fan of 10 hours of just like staring at my ceiling when i was Mm. just i just wanted to sleep um and it's like I don't want to like get into it all at like with almost my hopes up high, mm. and then just like I'm at, here I am laying in my bed again, staring at the ceiling, just wanting to sleep again. Mm-hmm. It's like I mean, it is a f- like that was a form I sort of tortured myself. Like that is literally a form of torture, being forced to like live every single moment for ten hours in a room by yourself in the dark. Yeah, is is it wasn't cool. Like I. I no, you. I started going a little crazy. Yeah, dude, and honestly, I was thinking about like, because I think both you and and I've I've known this since the first second mescaline hit me. Yeah, I understand mental disorders a lot more now, like schizophrenia, these <laughs> things. Like, yeah, I understand how hallucinations are. Like, it's not like oh, you see like you know random people. That, like, no, your brain can literally conjure them up from shapes that yeah. don't look like them, but they can appear. And so imagine like asylums back then right, where they had no idea what they were doing. They just locked them in like white rooms, right? <laughs> I would, 
I feel <laughs> so much sadness and despair <laughs> yeah. thinking about all yeah. the people in history who have been misunderstood from a perspective of mental disorder and yeah. been locked in literal hell on earth. Like this is yeah. a personal hell that I don't think I could even come to closely contemplate, even if I've been at fringes of consciousness. It's scary to think about. Dude, it's 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 terrifying. Yeah, and I, I remember even like on the trip I mentioned, I was like, I can see how schizophrenics are like super self-absorbed. Yeah, you yeah. know, because they have to. Be. Um, it's like a last line of mental defense. Literally, it is, and and so I, I I garnered a lot of empathy for my brother and his like obsession with wanting to talk to me about his experiences. You know, right. um, but yeah, um, yeah. But I I was gonna bring this up because like um. Yeah, so in that sense, right? Um, you know, I don't think romanticization will necessarily like harm you um, on your next trip. Yeah, because it's well, I think like just like how you remembered every moment of the shrooms, you remember, I'm sure, every moment of that LSD trip, as I do, every moment, yeah. right? That that forbids you from romanticizing it, right? That memory is seared, right? Yeah, it um, is. And you, you, it's not like you'll go and it's like, oh, okay, I only remember the good parts. No. You know, it's it's that thing that teaches you and it, it's one of the best teachers out there because the way it teaches you, it's, it's a perfectly personalized message that only someone who truly understands you can teach you. And the only person yeah. who understands you is you. And you said yeah. it on streams too. You were able to, te- you were able to learn for yourself. And I was yeah. so proud when you mentioned that because I believe that exactly where we all say education, education teachers try doing their best and they try to do their best at an impossible task, which is to teach children ideally. But the only way you can do that is to know them completely. And the things that you learn in LS, on LSD on shrooms come from the teacher of yourself. And I, I remember this extraordinary moment that's still like, oh my God, I can like live it again if I just close my eyes. It was my second, no, first ever time do, yeah, first ever time doing LSD, right? So this is my second psychedelic experience. And we had just finished the day, right? This is the other thing. Um, if we do do it again, we're starting at 6 a.m., right? We're not, we're not doing this at fucking 4 p.m. That was my bad. Um, <laughs> Dude, well, 5 yeah, I'm thinking that's a lot. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, was... that was a horrible move on my end. But like, ideally, you would like witness the sunrise. And as the sun is rising, you also take it. And like you rising with the sun. Like that would be... Yeah. Ideal, both from a spiritual standpoint and from a like a timing standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Um but anyways, um Oh, what was I fucking saying? Um I forgot. Yeah, I forgot too. Um <laughs> It's all right. Yeah, but um oh right, the the, the seared seared memory. We finished the long day of of tripping and I came home and then I took a took a hit um off a joint cuz we heard before that like you it's still kind of hard to fall asleep because your mind is still pretty active. So yeah. taking some some THC actually helps you slip into drowsiness. I read that. I read that while I was on LSD. Oh, because you were looking up. Yeah, man. Oh, damn. I feel so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, that, that does help. And it also, I think, is the really interesting because it it like you can literally you can literally see how your thoughts shift in color and texture with the combination of the drugs. Um, I'm sure, yeah. And and it, yeah. and it and it was like this. And I was listening to music. Oh my god! And at one point, it was like a series of epiphanies about my life. 
right, like series of epiphanies on how I like approach my parents about how I approach my little brother, Daniel, and how I approach Anna, my friends, my work. I had that as well. Yeah. On LSD. Yeah, no, I had, I had absolute montages of, of every relationship that I had. Mm. Um, but it only went along with music that like reminded me of a exactly, certain person. Exactly. In yeah. fact, I queued up songs that I was like, okay, for this song, I'm going to be learning about my little brother. Or this song, yeah. I'm going to be thinking yep. about my relationship with pornography, right? Like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. That's actually really interesting. But um, yeah. And then at the very end, like, oh, then I listened to my really, my um, solitude song, which is like the one that I listened to for all my LSD trips. Whenever I reach a moment of profundity, I would listen to it. And it's gotten mm. to the point where like everything is layered on. When I was at your place and I listened to it when I was near at my peak. I saw the most intense hallucinations I've ever felt. And it's like, <laughs> really? no, literally. So I was on your bed, right? Staring yeah. up at the ceiling and the ceiling opened up. Like it's like, like, like it broke <laughs> up. Fuck? It broke up into tiles and like slowly like folded away. Right. Literally like one of those like visions you have. And then behind yeah, yeah. was this blackness, was this darkness. And swear to God, that is what like an infinite being would look like. It's just this absolute abyss. And I was like, oh my fucking God, this is, this is God, you know? And then, and then it like shifted and then like, like women's curves started appearing everywhere. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that part I showed you, right? Well, yeah, that part I told you during the, our trip, but that first part, it was like, holy shit, this is... <laughs> This is this is God. I like not from any. Also, I, I read this really cool thing. This quantum physicist out of Duke wrote this article called God. Now he says, God, like as a quantum mechanics person, I can tell you this. I see God through quantum mechanics. In that, in quantum mechanics, a particle can be seen both as a point and as a wave. Right? Have you mm. heard of that concept before? The yeah, yeah, yeah. I have particle duality. Yeah, and so he said that is that is what God in all of his manifestations across all religions is. God is an unfolding. It is. It is a. Cre- it's a process. It's a process of creation. It's a. It's a wave. It's a happening. Every mm. moment is God's presence, right? And every one, everything in it is a part of God. All these concepts have been reverberated by every major fundamental religion. Um, but we humans, we don't. We can't. We can't approach that. We, how do we pray to a process? So when we look, when we focus in on God. God becomes a particle, an entity to take on the form of, <laughs> let's say, a human in our imagination or yeah. a man or a woman or a great serpent or a sun deity. But the moment we look away, God reverts to being a wave. And that's exactly how, that's exactly how quantum mechanics works. Quantum mechanics, these particles, theoretically, there should be waves. Right? This is what like, confused Einstein because he's like, yo, by my math, these are waves. They're sine functions. But when yeah. you look at them, they're fucking points. Mm. What, what's going on here? And like, it's unexplainable, sure. But so, in some ways, it's God. Also, before we wrap this podcast up, I gotta tell you, what I went to yesterday. I went to no Saturday. Sorry, Saturday. I went to the theater rendition of Life of Pi. Oh fuck! Yeah. Yeah, apparently this is like Boston's the world premiere and they're slated for Broadway next year. Yeah. And I went high. Like I I, I smoked like half a joint, which is the most I've ever done. Yeah. Um, and I went, oh my 
God, you're going to love this. You're going to yeah. love this play. Because it's basically the fundamental question of Life of Pi is, do you believe in God? Have you finished the book, yeah. by the way? I have not. I have not. No I've been, worries, no I've worries. been dual, dual wielding books right now. No worries. This doesn't spoil anything. But like, it's basically asking the question of, do you believe in God? And the very end of the play, I'll just tell you, because it's not in the book. I'll just say this part. And this part will make more sense, I guess, after you finish the book. But what is the better story? What is the better story? That's what they say at the end of the play. Um, and honestly, that's what religion is, right? With science and every other story that we tell ourselves of how this world and universe works. What is the better story? Um, and for you, I, like, I can literally hear you crafting a better story for yourself. Mm. And that's beautiful to witness. Yeah. No, I, I, I need to... I need to see this play ASAP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I guess something that's um, that I want to like talk about before we wrap it up as as well mm-hmm. is maybe something less spiritual, but but something that's been occupying my mind a lot. Right. We want to talk about this, right? Well, not even not even relationships. Like this one might throw you a, a little curveball, but like I just rewatched Tar. Um, and it's about this lesbian um, conductor of a symphony who gets canceled. Um, and she gets canceled for a multitude of different things. and But she brings up so many good points about cancel culture. Mm. And then, like, I, I, I've been hanging out with Sophia a lot. And she used to be in the DSA. And we've been talking about, like, just canceling people in, like, mm. At what point does someone deserve to be ostracized? Or at what point does someone's art need to stop being heralded as, like, great because of the things they did? Mm. Um, And there's this, like, scene in Tar where she's, like, giving a lecture at Juilliard and she's, like, challenging some of the students because they're refusing to play Bach because Bach has, like, has done some controversial things and is, like, a cis white male and his music doesn't resonate with them. Mm. And she has, like, so many good quotes. Um, But, like... Where do you stand? Like, mm. like at what what at what at what point does someone deserve to be ostracized? And this is something that I'm literally facing with. Still, it's still an issue I'm dealing with among right. some of my communities and people, and yeah. and my I have communities that are still split. And I have people who would refuse to hang out with me, and I have people who refuse to hang out with them. And like, right? Yeah, I feel. I mean, this is. This is a bit of a curveball. I thought you were going to talk about like your um n- never mind, but um I feel very strongly about this. Um and I don't know if you would agree, but I think canceling someone is the ultimate act of cowardice and hatred that is devoid of all forms of love. Because what you're saying is that you are giving up on who this person is and you're reducing them to what they did you are choosing to uh, remove humanity you are choosing you are choosing to abandon it and you are you are you are believing that someone's ideas as we all know our ideas came from fucking somewhere we were not born with ideas or ideology ideology is a system either placed upon us or accepted that we grew through out of or into 
And so if you were to cancel someone for what they did or what they thought or what they said, you are choosing to slice out a raw chunk of human's flesh from our collective body Mm. and discarding it on the ground with floating paper around you and saying that they are the same thing. Yeah, I think that's the metaphor that I'll honestly take with me because I've been conflicted, you know, it's like, it's just like, I don't know. I've been hearing a lot about like Sophia's perspectives because she like in the DSA, like they just had meetings about basically canceling people's, which she told me. Um, And, 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 and that's something they put a lot of thought into. And then among the DSA, they were canceling each other for something as simple as like, oh, like she like wouldn't let me decide a game or something at one of our meetings and they would like take that to twitter Um, and and so i and i'm like uh it it just sucks because it's like is like at what point does like someone not deserve to be even considered a human being anymore like right like i I can name people though who you would be like ooh, maybe i will walk back what i just said like who like like what if adolf hitler had an amazing book right yeah but what like, if he had an amazing book? Would you would you say it was amazing? Wait, what do you mean? What if he had like he he had an amazing like, book from what sense? Yeah, like what if Adolf Hitler wrote a beautiful book about spirituality that resonated with you? I mean, okay, but okay, you're you're kind of playing with a counterfactual that is very hard to imagine to happen. <laughs> right? So therefore, my own imagination would be stretched to like be able to contemplate it. But like my comp, for instance, horrible, horrible book, and still like like okay jordan peterson has his own ideologies that i would disagree with but he reads it with his philosophy of i want to know who this person was and what they thought about so that my own thoughts like so that my own thoughts can know where if it steps into adolf hitler's thoughts right ah yeah yeah, right from from just a pure personal growth standpoint you want to hear everyone right from you know obviously without naivety but without naivety but um I think in general, here's here's my take as to how I think cancel cancel culture works is that I think so the opponents against cancel cancel culture I'll say this opponents against cancel culture are arguing it wrong. They're saying, oh, you shouldn't cancel people freedom of speech, freedom of expression. That's bullshit, right? No, freedom of speech arguments almost never work because someone's gonna bring up Adolf Hitler, right? Someone's gonna bring off this case of how freedom of speech doesn't work because freedom of speech is also very flawed just like mm. cancel culture. So you're arguing a flawed response with a flawed argument. Sorry. Uh, and and so therefore the people, the, the proponents of cancel culture will see your flawed response and say that, oh, you're the one that's flawed. Never considering that they are flawed in the first place too. Mm-hmm. I think the argument against cancel culture is that you are, you are choosing to remove love from your life. Mm. Right? If you really love someone and they say something wrong, you're not going to cut them out from your life. You're going to try and love them just like a mother imagine you as a fucking father and your child says something that like you work with kids right i'm i'm, I'm working with um fourth graders this year this semester and we yeah. go through this process of like if someone if some kid says something racist or or harmful there's a whole process of teaching them of loving them of showing that they made a mistake in regards to other people's harm and feelings mm. it's a slow torturous patient process of bringing them back to love as well. And if you, if you, I mean, yes, it's a, it's a tiring process. It's a long process. 
in cancel culture, you can you can unfollow someone like that, or you can decide their student that you can waive their student privileges like that. Right? It's the fast response because hatred is ever always going to be f- completely, infinitely faster than love. Hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, that that would be my yeah. argument against cancel culture because I also get like freedom of speech. That's not the way to argue it, right? Um, yeah. 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 And, and I, I can I can I read you this like these quotes from Tara yeah, real quick? Drop them. So good. So she's having this conversation with a student named Max who. Uh, is non-binary and a person of color and sure tar is a yeah lesbian uh conductor white woman okay and and she says but you see the problem with enrolling yourself as an ultrasonic epistemic dissident is that if box talent can be reduced to his gender birth country religion sexuality and so on then so can yours oh and then, and then she, he, he, uh, they respond with, you're a fucking bitch. <laughs> she says, and you're a robot. I mean, unfortunately, the architect of your soul appears to be social media. You want to dance the mask. You must service the composer. You got to sublimate yourself, your ego, and yes, your identity. You must, in fact, stand in front of the public and God and obliterate yourself. Fuck. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Isn't that like just beautiful is there like a video of this or i will send you the video yeah what the fuck holy crap and that honestly she still said that out of love she just said like this is who you are you know this is what you're doing to yourself i'm not calling you anything out of out of negativity i'm just saying it out that's wow yeah wow so i i've i've just had this new like breath of i'm obsessed with conducting and and classical music again this like well because of that this no this movie was just a rebirth like the whole movie itself movie? for me, it's a movie called Tar, and and in it, this person argues against cancel culture. Basically, yeah, and separating the art from the artist as well. Oh, oh, oh right, right, right. Oh, both, both, yeah. But but she's also very flawed, and and the director will constantly betray you for for siding with her. Mm, um, but damn. then but then take back that betrayal at the same time. So I I really recommend this one. Yeah, God, um, yeah. Send send this over. I'm gonna try and watch this. Yeah. Um, also, I realize I have a meeting at uh, right now. I forgot. Okay, about okay. It, so. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, so we've, perfect. We've, wow. Yeah, this is great. As always. Damn. All right. All right. Uh, this is how David and Cal felt on January thirtieth, twenty twenty-three.